Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom and Sam. Yes, the sir. Gang. The gang's here all are. here. And uh, luckily, all of us are happy we because are happy. it's no fun whenever when somebody's angry. No, it's not. That's true. You know, and and uh, and and anger is like one of those kind of things that's like viral. Everyone wants the stuff to wants stuff to go viral these days. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing if it goes viral. We want this to go viral, mm-hmm. but anger's not good. That's not good. And it goes viral way too much, I guess. Very quickly. Yeah. So anger's bad. So we thought, let's do a show about anger. What a topic. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm whoever if you're listening and you're in a car right now and you're angry. Well, I'm just saying maybe you're not angry yet, but you're susceptible mm-hmm. to anger. Mm-hmm. You might want to pull over. <laughs> I'm just saying now is the time you want to go like, hey, you know, McDonald's drinks are $1 for any size. There you go. Go get you a big old bucket of diet coke and sit down. Just cool down. Just cool down, and, and, and we'll get through this together. Right. Do people get angry while driving their car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Sam asked, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. So we, we, we thought we'd just kind of talk about anger. Okay. Um, first of all, why is it a problem? Is anger wrong? Is it bad? Is it always bad? I don't well, There's it? a lot of questions there, Sam. I know. So <laughs> See what he did there? Did you see yes. how he just dished it to you? Yes, he did. That was well played, wasn't it? Yeah, nice. Well, Bishop Barron actually has a really nice reflection on this topic that when I heard him share his reflection, it actually was very impactful for me. And what he said was that God, God's anger is good news because God doesn't get angry for his own sake. And that was very convicting for me because I realized, um, wait a second, most of all of my anger is a selfish anger. Mm-hmm. And that helped me put in perspective, like, the first step I needed to do of dealing with the presence of mm. anger in my life. You know, I don't, I, I'm glad you got something out of that because I don't really listen to Bishop Barron. Does he, does anybody even listen? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that up and cover? Yeah. yeah. No, I love Bishop Barron. Did you hear that thunder rumble a, a second ago? That's right. As soon as he That's said it. that. We're be That's right. Here in a second. So, uh, yeah, you know, thinking about that. I mean, it just helps you kind of turn the tables a little bit and and look at anger itself and go, well, anger, I guess, is bad when it's not for the good of the other. Mm. I mean, I think as a parent, Tom, we, we've probably had to get a little angry. Just a couple the of The room times. didn't get cleaned up. The dishwasher didn't get loaded. The trash didn't get taken out. The homework didn't get done. Right. right? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the extension cord is not where it's supposed to be. I'm starting to get a little upset the now. The extension cord is not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm not one of those That's kind That's a Drzezemskiism right there. <laughs> Look, in a, with a big family, with nine kids. Oh, I'm something's just, going to be out of place. Well, let me just tell you, I have like my little stash of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So my nail clippers, I know where they are. <laughs> I know where my hairbrush is. But for whatever reason, all of my girls love my hairbrush. Right. So, like, you know, the, the little door in our bedroom will open up early in the morning. You tip, 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 tip and then they'll go in there. Can I borrow your hairbrush? And my wife, of course, is just, you know, and then they get the hairbrush and they're out of there. And I'm angry because it doesn't come back and I don't know where it is when I need it, you know. Yep. But so, so with a big family, I'm used to like kids doing things that, and, and, I, and sometimes, you know, anger can turn into something bad. 
mm-hmm. right? There are people that have anger issues, et cetera, and I know that. And sometimes there's a, there's illness associated with these things, mental illness, and just difficulties and in, in, uh, things with depression and all these things. We have to admit and realize that there's a lot of that out there as well. But I'm just talking about like the ordinary folk that get angry. And sometimes anger is is good, as Bishop Barron would say. Not, well, good in the sense that it's coming from a, a position of love. Listen, I'm upset with you right now so that you can understand how important this is, right? And there might even be a punishment meted out because you need to understand the import of what you've just done or mm-hmm. not done, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's essentially uh, um, uh, an anger that has really love at its core. Right. Mm. You know? I think one question that we need to ask ourselves when we're in a place of anger is, is that anger yoked? Right? Is it yoked, yoked? by grace? You know, so uh, that was going down to eggs, and I was yeah. like, what are eggs and anger? I hate it when my eggs are runny. Is that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> Close to <laughs> it. Close. But no, I, 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 this is the same sort of analysis that I that a lot of times I'll use when, when in, in running through the idea that the things of the world, our desires for things are not bad in themselves. It's But when are, are our desires governing us, mm. or are we... By grace, exercising so mastery. When you, over when our you say yoke, you really mean like it, you, you don't carry it too far. It's never yes. going to get. It's never going to stray too far from from its core purpose and 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 also really essentially love and mercy, right? And God, right? You would so like because we can drift. Yes, is it governing you, or are you exercising governance over it? Are you right. in a position to by grace to do that? Man, so I just know there's a lot of anger out there, and a lot of people don't think about it. I mean, they don't even think. It just kind of unfolds, and all of a sudden it explodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, again, discounting and, and realizing that there are going to be exceptions in the world, because there are people that are they're going to different kinds of therapy, and there, there's some medicine sometimes involved, because it's like there are difficulties and imbalances and whatnot. So, I mean, because, Tom, we've known people in our lives that we've had to deal with that just had well, will be nice and say had anger issues. Oh yeah, just a few, right? And they would be seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a whatever, and somebody is um, prescribing things because that helps right. them to live balance in the world. And, th- and that's not really what we're talking about no, here. No, we're talking about the people that I guess we want to get down to like when is anger a sin? Mm-hmm. We're talking about people that choose anger. Right or, or or live in it and allow themselves to drift into or unyoked as as uh, Sam would say you know that that allow that because it, and then then because we're responsible right but I, I guess I want to get back to that thing about like is is it always bad uh, because a lot of times people will will use our Lord Jesus Himself as an example say you know what happened in the uh, in the uh, temple in the temple when mm-hmm. He was clearing the temple. And a lot of people say, like, well, you know, he's a pacifist. He would never be in favor of uh, doing any harm to anyone. His, his job was to save everyone. And so he'd never use physical violence. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with all that. And that's the, I, 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 I can easily believe that. Except there's one problem. He, he fashioned, um, you know, a whip a out whip. of cords. Now, right. I don't know if that was Flipped like, tables. well, was he, was he swatting flies? What was he doing with that whip? I have a feeling that Jesus's whip would leave some whelps. I, I, I would not. But I don't know that he, our Lord, would do that. I think he was getting people's attention. Oh yes, cracking sure. it. I know, but, but still. But do you want to get in the way of it? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. And let's not. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess my my point in all that is it. It just seems like that would be a level of anger. And I know some people have used the expression a righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Right, a lot of people who uh, 
I mean, I might have fallen into the trap of being a person who wants to maintain as, you know, it's a deacon in the church and I've got to, you know, maintain a level of decorum and not get out of control. And so if I get angry, I just call, well, it's, it's righteous anger if I do it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But we can use that as an excuse. But it's, I, I, I think that righteous anger can fall into unrighteous anger pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I agree. And I think one thing about Christ's moment there is that it was, it was highly intentional conduct. He had a purpose in what he was doing. He had an intent in what he was doing. And he carried that out. And I think one thing that's really unfortunate is a lot of times when we're angry, there is no intentionality. And sometimes we're blowing up. And we're actually angry about five other things in the past. And yeah. we don't even know why we're mad. Well, and so sometimes that's the, like, we carry baggage with us. Yes. I, you, Jesus didn't have any baggage. No. He wasn't looking at a particular vendor and saying, I hate your beard. Your beard <laughs> makes me ill. You know, I don't think that was what was going on. I mean, obviously, he had a very righteous purpose and meaning of clearing out that temple. And saying, this is not what this is for. You guys, why don't you listen to me? Right. You know? How many times, Tom, have we said that to our kids? Oh, yeah. You know? All the time. It's like we just we are, we are constantly reminding them that they need to be listening to us. And sometimes our voices get raised up. So I don't see that as sinful. But I guess um, as what you're talking about, it's easy for it to become sinful. And so much so that we become dependent upon that emotion. Right. We fall into anger way too easily. Um, and then we we resort to that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what leads the world into all kinds of troubles. That's right. I mean, you don't have to look far in media and social media, especially, uh, you know, on the news, uh, all the, the 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 divisiveness going on in politics and and all these things. It's really easy to get angry. It is right. And now there are some practical things. I guess we really ought to kind of focus on what do we what do we do practically to kind of fix the anger problems because mm. the things that anger does. Other than be sinful and lead us away from God, certainly, well, it's not helping build up the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. It's destroying, it's tearing it down. It's because it's not bringing people together. It's separating, it's dividing, it's, it's bringing, you know, uh, lots of valleys in there where there need to be some connecting bridges, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really becoming, uh, exacerbating the problem. Whatever the problem was, it's worse now. Right. It's because we're not talking about it, and don't talk to so and so. He's really not in a good place right now, you know. And we all have had a boss like that or a friend like that, where it's like, don't bring that up. And so it really becomes problematic. And so we we don't want anger to to just run amok. Mm-mm. I love that expression, amok. We don't want it to run amok, right? right? That's a bad thing, right? So maybe what we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll uh, we'll talk on the other side of this break uh, about what do we do about anger. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, because I imagine there's some answers. Yeah. We can come up with something. Right. Now, if you're really mad we're taking a break, I'm sorry. You'll have to get over it. But we're going we're gonna to take this break. Uh, and uh, before we do the break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. If you have something angry to say, send it to Tom. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. 
but he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan, where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of ten years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church. Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, but we can all share in St. Francis's missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this has been another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we are trying not to run amok. Everybody's calm. Because we looked it up, like during the break, we looked up that word, and it's like, what was it, a murderous frenzy? Trying to make me angry in the break, talking about my hair. Oh, your hair's so good. Thank you. You've got the most Protestant hair of anybody <laughs> on our in our little thing here. You are awesome. You're, you're gonna, ecumenical you're get, with your hair. You're going to get mail. Oh, that's, but no, your hair is perfect. You're going to get mail. You have to understand, folks, that Tom does not have <laughs> one hair out of place. I'm trying to make him angry, that's so, but he won't. So <laughs> you are such a good guy. Yep. So we're Thank talking you. about anger. Right, we're talking about anger, and obviously it becomes a problem when we lose the opportunity to communicate, when we lose the opportunity to befriend, to evangelize, to share the gospel. You cannot share the gospel in anger. The number of people have come to my RCIA and have said something like, and I'll ask them their history, where they come from, and, you know, I didn't like that church, and I hear the words fire and brimstone, you know, and now... There is fire and there is brimstone and there is hell and damnation. You know, we don't want to go there. But I think sometimes people perceive it as anger, you know, when you're shouting from the pulpit kind of thing. And I don't know if that happens a lot anymore. Uh, I know anecdotally some people have said it has, but you know, good things don't happen when you're when you're when you're when you're yelling and you're angry and you've lost 
you know, just any kind of sense of reality. So that's where that word amok is. So in the 1600s, I guess, murderous frenzy. There you go. And Sam says, I think that's pretty angry. Yeah, just, that's, I'm gonna, that's fairly angry. <laughs> I'm going to say that's angry. So here's the thing. So we know anger, especially an unrighteous anger. So something that has crossed over from out of a, a tethered, tethered to love. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, the wrath of God looked at from... Uh, you know, a, a loving perspective is I'm I'm glad that he gets upset with me because I need to know how important this is. Yes. Now I wish we could all be like God and essentially always be able to forgive, right? But we don't, and so it's easy for us to untether our anger, and now suddenly we run amok. Oh, big time! And so I guess we need to kind of like, well, what do you do? I mean, we've we've made people pull over to the side of the road who are listening to this on the phone right now. You know, and uh, and so I mean, they're probably sitting there seething. They're angry because I mean, because we made them pull over. Well, maybe, but uh, but how many times we've been driving? I I think the worst, most stupidest little simple sins happen to me while I'm driving. Oh yeah, I think it happens to everybody. Yeah, I mean, you ask my kids when I'm driving along, I say. Hey, where's the slowest person in the world? They go right in front of us. You know? <laughs> and it's like, I don't, you know, my wife tells a story one time. She says, you know, one time I was really angry at the guy in front of me. I said, that old man, whatever. And it turned out it was my granddaddy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> she felt awful. So she doesn't ever get angry in the car anymore. Because <laughs> she, she's thought about it, I guess, a little bit. But how do we avoid the anger? I mean, it's like, you know, the world is filled with anger. And it's like there's got to be some practical thing we can do. You know, I brought this question to my spiritual director, Father Martel, and Father had an interesting uh, point uh, that he raised. He said, Sam, the first thing you need to recognize is that anger is a gift from God. Mm. Anger is uh, a gift that tells you that there's a problem. Mm, yeah. Now, once a problem has been brought to light, you have to name that problem and then decide what you're going to do about it. And that's because it, once you've... That's hard. That's hard. That's the rational part. That's, I'm just that's, laughing because I'm thinking about stand, sitting behind the wheel. Right. Going through that process in my mind. No. I'm going to name the problem. It's that idiot in front of me. <laughs> that's not what he's talking about. No, but you know, I, I seeing, seeing anger actually as a blessing uh, or an opportunity, it's, a, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a barometer or a thermometer or whatever to, to, to show you your, this measurement uh, in the same way that, like, essentially, the the, the sense of pain mm-hmm. is a positive. You know, you usually only touch the burning stove once. Right. Right? You usually go wearing only your socks down the hardwood stairs once. <laughs> right? <laughs> Until you fall and you're like, ow! And then you realize, you know, and pain then is, uh, you can learn, right? Uh, in, in that way. And so anger, I guess in the same way, you start there. Um, and I, I'm thinking more practical, like folks are going like, okay, so right, we're gonna we're I'm, that's when I'm starting to get rational. I'm thinking about like, what do you do? And one of the things I tell people to do, uh, one of the things I try to do myself, is the first thing is just take a breath, take a breath, mm-hmm. take a breath, take a breath. Like I mean, physically breathe, because mm-hmm. you know all the the physiological things that happen in your body when when your blood pressure, your you know your your breathing is a, everything changes. You know. You're beat red, and there's like obviously a physical changes that are taking place along with the mental changes, and sometimes just getting more oxygen, just stopping and breathing. And I've sometimes seen people stop and go, and I'm going, oh, they're angry. So let me just, you know, and they've learned that. And another version of that is count to three, 
Just count to three before you say anything. Just count to three before you respond. Just one, two, three. And doing that is it's amazing how a lot of things just get chucked out the window, things that you might have done or responded to. So that first blush might be to lash out. But if you can train yourself to have that first blush be, take a breath, to physically calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes having someone there to remind you of that is a good thing. This is why I love marriage. Yeah. The, the, the times when you get that and little, your kids. you know that squeeze on your arm, Tom, when you're oh, starting yeah. to go somewhere and your wife doesn't want to say anything and embarrass you, but there's like this squeeze on the arm. It's like, okay, I need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> You know? right. So that 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 is first, and then I guess rationally you can start to look at the anger, and realize, well, you know, anger's not always bad, unless it gets out of hand. Like our our emotions are a part of who we are, but they don't constitute the fullness of who we exactly. are. Exactly, they're they're a part of this given moment, and we don't want to be ruled by them, and we don't want to be ruled by it. Yeah, you know, and, and when you were talking about driving, I thought that's actually a perfect. Uh, sort of microcosm of the sort of stuff that gets us angry insofar as okay I might want I might be worried for my safety this guy just did something that put me and my family to risk so there could be a fear response right uh, there could also be the response of I have an exact idea in mind of how this is supposed to go right and it's not going that way and so I'm out of control here and I'm not adaptable to how this change in traffic is. That's another thing. See, so that's but that's like another thinking thing, and that's good. And I think that sometimes we have to look at the things that make us angry, and being able to name it, saying like, right, right. there's a control impulse or there's a fear impulse, right? That's so. I under, this. I, yeah, and and I, I, I am uh, not as worried for myself about those things that like just set me off. Mm-hmm. But I am worried about the things that I think that I could make a list of things that make me bad. You know, the pet peeves and stuff where I. You know, or and and then if you seek deeper, usually you find other stuff. So another thing I would say about uh, like anger is, look at the big picture, <laughs> like step out of yourself. Now you can't usually do this right at the moment you're angry in the car, right? right? But if you step out of the situation and go like, well, was what they did or said or what they looked like or how they acted or whatever. Is that always a bad thing? And is it maybe... Because when I look at the big picture, sometimes I find out that I'm to blame Mm -hmm. to some degree. Maybe all of it. But maybe not. But maybe I share in my inability to, like you would say, to change or uh, adapt. And it's like that's my shortcoming that has actually caused my anger. And so sometimes just examining what it is, what is it that sets me off? And then, as you were saying, name it, like start a little inventory and uh, and and the things that sort of, sometimes you can come down to little pet peeves that like I hate ice chewing I can't stand it and it's amazing it'll take like one little cup of ice about an inch high can last about an hour and forty five minutes when right. they're sitting next to you mm-hmm. and it's like it's just the most irritating thing and you know and if I don't stop and go like this is good to know by the this way is, I thank you it's like okay that's a stupid thing that has no effect it could have, it has no effect on me and my, whatever but I'm letting it. Mm-hmm. Right, so examining and thinking about those things sometimes can make it, you know, better. Another another thing I think that uh, is a good way to fight anger is um, that sometimes, like Sam, you were mentioned, like we're in control, we want to be in control. If we don't control, we have problems. Sometimes the I, the idea of laying back or letting mm-hmm. go, which is also tied to listening, mm-hmm. like if we were to like listen versus express, because expressing is I'm in control. 
mm-hmm. but listening, right? So count to three, listen, you know, inventory. I mean, those are things that I think that you can you can really utilize to kind of figure out like what is the deal. Yeah. You know, and I guess we also do have to recognize, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, just you have to recognize that that ultimately anger in and of itself and for its own purpose leads us astray, untethers us from the love of God, and suddenly we're a wild animal, right? We're we're totally subject to our emotions and our feelings mm-hmm. without any kind of rationality. And again, this does not take into account people who have some serious issues that they need to see professional about because we're not, right? And I'm not even addressing all those things because I recognize that we've all got the difficult uncle or the, you know, the lady down the street who throws things at you or whatever. I just Sometimes there's people like that that we're going to have to encounter. And how we deal with them is also, I mean, you can use some of these same things. You know, St. Therese of Lisieux in Story of a Soul actually gives an account of how she dealt with managing anger. Really? Yes. Uh, she was uh, washing dishes uh, with another sister, and they were both wearing their habit. And this younger sister who was washing dishes with her kept splashing dishwater on her habit. The and, audacity and, of that sister. <laughs> yes. Well, St. Therese could just tell that, she, that the, the other sister wasn't paying attention. And was splashing her habit, and she could just feel herself getting mad about the dishwasher splashing on her habit. And as she recognized that and that within herself, she stopped and said, okay, wait a second. What's worse, that this sister of mine is splashing dishwater on me or that I'm mad about it? Yeah. And so she decided to get in the way of that anger and ask God to give her the grace to... to Look forward to getting splashed, to be thankful for being splashed. And so at first that seemed kind of an awkward place to be, but she just kept doing it and kept praying and kept focusing on that. And sure enough, she started finding herself looking forward to getting splashed, (laughs) seeing it as a gift, seeing the whole moment in perspective and, and laughing and chuckling every single time she got splashed. And I just think it's a beautiful example of how grace can move when we give God room to act in our lives. Of course, that's the reason why she's a saint. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible for all of us, but I think we've talked a lot about anger. We know how much uh, God loves us. We have to know that and know that God loves you, even in your anger, and He wants you to know that you're loved. And that's going to be the root of bringing happiness into this world. Amen. Amen. So let's ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother, who also loves us and will lead us out of anger. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Therese of Lisieux, pray for us. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.